I want to thank you first and foremost and begin our time just as Pastor Jamie alluded to earlier, uh, first and foremost for the prayers and the support that have been offered to our family uh, in this trying time. Nobody would have ever thought when I was here last year that uh, in February, February the 2nd actually, uh, that I would get sick. I realized I was getting sick. I, I knew something was going on. I was running a fever. So when I got home, uh, when our boys got home, I said, boys, let's get things ready. Let's get some firewood cut. Let's get feed up for the animals. So uh, while I'm sick, y'all won't have much to worry about. Little, that was on a Tuesday, and little did I know that Friday I'd be put in the hospital. And through our time in the hospital, as we went from uh, McLeod here in Dillon to Charleston on that Saturday, I found out on a Wednesday that I was going to have to have open heart surgery and an aortic valve replaced. And we had no idea why I would be on a journey like that. Where did it come from? Nobody could tell me where the bacteria came from that was in my blood. But uh, I actually looked it up, and my liver enzyme levels were 77,000. Normal is 100. So I was very sick. We had surgery that following Monday, came home that following Saturday, but the miracle through it all is that my wife was able to be with me the entire time even in intensive care. And beloved, I want to thank y'all here at First Baptist for the prayers that y'all offered up, uh, for the love, the concern for our family. You know, we have no idea why we go through trials sometimes, but just as I was sharing with Pastor Jamie this morning, I remember very vividly in uh, December 21st last year, we had a fire, and uh, we, I was on a ladder in that fire. I'd already used my first air bottle. I was on my second air bottle. I was trying to bust a hole in the top of the house and I was holding a fire hose and all this stuff and, and I was just giving out. And I said, Lord, i got to keep going because I want my boys to see. They're both on the fire department. I want them to think that Daddy is the toughest man they ever know. And it wasn't until April. So I continued on and it wasn't until April. We got home. We had our family devotions. And we read a devotion from Charles Spurgeon that pride goeth before fall. And it hit me then, and I realized then that I wanted them to see me for who I was as a, as a person, as a human, as an individual. And the mistake I made in that is I wanted them to be looking at the Lord. I want the Lord to realize that it's the Lord Jesus Christ that's the toughest they ever know. If you'll remember last year, I shared with you a verse that the Lord challenged me with, Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 and 4. You know, all throughout Scripture, I was challenged with that verse all throughout 2020. Challenged with that verse, content constantly, it came before our eyes, came before my mind. And the Lord made that real even more so in going through the pandemic than the things that we had to go through. So thank you all, First Baptist, for your prayers and how the Lord sustained us and our family in and through that time. But see, I want to share with you about a lady named Jane. You see, as Jane was arrested and put in prison for stealing, she went before the judge in her sentencing, and the lawyer that was there for Jane said, you know, she's hopeless. She couldn't stand up. She couldn't speak for herself. Coming off of, uh, on, off of the drugs and all the alcohol that she'd been involved in, she had no idea what she could do. She couldn't speak, couldn't say anything. Nothing, none of that. And the, and the lawyer that, that was placed for her said, she's helpless. She's hopeless. There's nothing she can do. So as Jane went back to her jail cell, she found a copy of the Word of God. And in that Word of God that was placed, it had the fingerprints of First Baptist Church all over it. James started reading the Word of God. 
Through that period in her life of the next couple of weeks, as Jane started coming off of the, the drugs and the alcohol and all those things that were influencing her in a negative way, she came across a passage of Scripture. It was Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. It says, Come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And upon Jane's coming to the courtroom for her sentencing, the judge asked her, Young lady, do you have anything to say for yourself? And she said, yes, sir, I do. And she stood up right there before the judge and she said, Judge, she said, I found a copy of the Word of God in my jail cell and I've been reading it and I'm a different person. I'm a changed person. And the first thing I want to tell you is I'm guilty of more than I've been charged with. But I know one that who has cleansed my sins, who has made me whole, who has made me a new creature in Christ. And I stand before you today a different woman. And the judge had mercy upon Jane. She continued to stay in prison a little while and serve her sentence there, but she was a new creature in Christ. And beloved, God was merciful to her and allowed her to come out. Well, you see, as many of you know, the Gideons International is an interdenominational association of Christian business and professional men serving as an extended missionary arm. And just as Pastor Jamie's alluded to, your contributions, the things you do, the prayers you pray, start right here in Dillon County and go to the uttermost parts of the earth. Everything that's done that through First Baptist Church is going to start right here in Dillon. And the opportunities that we have to do. But you all have over 200,000 Bible-toting missionaries who serve as Gideons and Auxiliary, our wives. Who, who, these are Bible-toting missionaries who need no language training, who need no financial support. The only question they have are, where are the Bibles? Where are the Bibles? This is in 200 countries around the world. That you all have these missionaries who are laboring. <clears throat> I don't think there's anybody in here who would disagree that these have been challenging times. This past year, year before, it's been very challenging times. When we deal with a, a virus, we deal with riots, we deal with natural disasters. All these things that are going on. So much uncertainty in the world. It's a challenge for us all in our reliance upon God and Him being in control. But one of the things that we have to focus on, beloved, is that His control is, is constant. His control is there. And He says, thus far and no further. And he, He's the one that shortens the devil's chain. And He pulls that chain in and He only allows him to go to a certain extent. But you see, Satan would have us live in fear. All you've got to do is turn on the television. Open the newspaper. All you've got to do is read the, the social, all the things that are going on. And He would have us cumbered with fear, distracted with fear, burdened with fear that we, can't even, we don't even know which way to go in the morning because fear has gripped us so. But beloved, I'm here to tell you today that that's not the case for the Lord's people. That is not the case. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. What time I am afraid, I will trust in Thee. All these difficult times... Were we afraid in Charleston when they told us we were going to have to have open market? Absolutely. But yet we had a reliance. We knew that the Lord was there with us. We knew that He was in control. We knew that He had everything right in the midst of His hands. And He's there. But you see, all the way around us, y'all, we're, we're afraid. And Satan would have us right here. Am I going to get sick? Am I going to get hurt? Am I going to die? We're distracted by all these fears that come about in our life and, and we, we can't even, we don't even know how to think straight in this time. 
And this is, that's the roar of the world. That's the roar of the lion who's out to kill, to steal, and destroy. And that's exactly where he wants you to be, beloved. But we serve a God who is greater than all of that. We serve the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah. And when we hold on to that fact that he's in control, that he's not given us that spirit of fear, then we can live with a joy, we can live with the rejoicing that only we know as believers, that the world has no idea where it comes from. We have a responsibility to live in that joy and to communicate that joy and to stand up for what he's told us. I want to share with you about a young lady named Sandy. She was raised in witchcraft. Her grandmother taught her all sorts of witchcraft. And at nine years old, she was introduced to drugs. By 11, she was an addict to drugs. She saw her sister, who was a little few years older than she was, she saw her sister who rebelled against her father and all of the witchcraft that he had to, to pour out upon her. She rebelled and said, no, that's not what she wanted. And they had her committed to a psychiatric hospital. She realized then, Sandy realized then, if I don't obey my father, if I don't submit to what my father has for me, then then where am I going to be? Then I'm going to be the one put in the hospital just like she was. And at 17, she ran away from home. The only thing she knew was a life of drugs and alcohol and, and, and all sorts of promiscuous activities. In her second marriage, her first marriage ended up with a son. She lost her son, lost the marriage. Second marriage, she ended up with a daughter. She gained custody of her daughter. And as she got custody of her daughter, she was raising her daughter to the best of her ability, doing all the things that she could had to do, she felt like she had to do, to provide for her family. One night while she lay down, she had laid her daughter in the crib, she laid down. She was awoken to a, to a figure standing over her bed about eight foot tall, she said. And he said, it's time. It's time. And that figure told her, it's time for you to teach your daughter the things that your grandmother taught you, which was witchcraft. Scared to death, Sandy got out. She said, the only thing I know to do is to take my own life, to, to get out of here so that I, if I take my life, my daughter will be given up for adoption and she'll be a, in a normal family somewhere and she won't have to deal with all this stuff. So out in the middle of nowhere, Sandy, in, in, in desperation, her hands just went limp. And when her hands went limp in a car that she had bought from a drug dealer, she felt something between the seats there and pulled out a testament that was, in that, that was placed by the Gideons International. Nobody knows where it came from. She had no idea. But she opened it up and as she started reading the Word of God, she went to the back cover and she... She found a prayer on the back cover confessing to God that I'm a sinner and believing that the Lord Jesus Christ died for my sins on the cross and was raised from my justification. I do now receive and confess Him as my personal Savior. And she said that was the only thing I prayed and I found a little bit of hope. And she said, well, maybe I need to turn around. And she prayed that prayer 25 times between where she was and when her, her getting back to the house. She said, I found hope. I found encouragement. I found a sense of being different in serving someone who can make a difference in my life. She said, I grabbed my daughter up and just held on to her and prayed that prayer for an hour. And then I put her back down in her crib. She was evidently old enough to speak because an hour after laying her daughter down, Sandy was awoken to her daughter screaming. And she went in the room. 
her daughter standing up in the crib and said, Mommy, Mommy, they're biting me. And she looked on her daughter and saw the bite marks of all the things, the evil and the spiritual battle that was going on around her. She grabbed her daughter up and ran from the house. Talked to her in-laws in Texas and they said, Come back to Texas where you can be a part of our fellowship. And for three years, Sandy and her daughter lived with their former in-laws where she drank like a sponge, soaked up the Word of God. Today, Sandy's a pastor's wife in Texas. To God be the glory. That daughter that was in the crib, that was in the midst of this spiritual battle, was the worship leader for their church at 30 years old today. And who's married to the youth pastor. That daughter is married to the youth pastor of their church. Well, beloved, you see in the midst of these spiritual battles, in the midst of the fear that is so, so overwhelming oftentimes in our life, all we've got to do is hold on and to realize that there is a King of kings and there is a Lord of lords. And if we will but submit unto Him and to give unto Him that He has a plan and a purpose for our life, if we are willing to die to self and live as unto Christ. What did John the Baptist say? John the Baptist said, He must increase and I must decrease. And that's exactly what He wants from us. I want to share with you a a very challenging passage of Scripture. And it comes from John chapter 4. I want to read to you five verses from John chapter 4. A familiar passage. Y'all know it as the story of the woman at the well at Samaria. Okay, and Jesus is going and the, and the woman's there at the well. And He asks her for a drink of water. And, 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 and she says, what in the world are you doing a Jew asking me for a drink of water? And I'm a Samaritan. And they continue on and Jesus witnesses to her a little bit. But here's a critical passage that I think my favorite few verses in this passage And it's John chapter 4, beginning verse 25, going to verse 30. Okay? And God's already told this woman all about her life, all about who she is. And He says, The woman saith unto Him, verse 25, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When He has come, He will tell us all these things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speaketh unto thee am He. And upon this came His disciples and marveled that they talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou? Or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith unto the men, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. Beloved, what happened in that passage of Scripture? They got to the point, that woman realized that here is the Christ. Here is the one that can give her that living water. And she tasted that living water and she saw that everything was good. How many times have we went to visit somebody and when somebody else comes in, that's my my way out. That's a perfect way out. I go out when they come in. Okay, that's what we do. The disciples came back. That woman already had a taste. And when the disciples came back, she said, I'm going and I'm going to do the job that He has given me to do. Come and see a man who told me all the things that I've ever done. She went back and witnessed to her village. She witnessed to her community. And they too came to look for that Savior, to look for that Messiah. But what's the key verse, the key statement in there? Is in verse 28. The woman then left her water pot. She put down the things, those things that are very critical, those things that are important, those things that are necessary for life. She put them down. Water's necessary for life. 
But she put them down because there were more important issues she had to deal with. She had more important things she had to take care of, and that was communicating to the people in her village of this Messiah that had come. And she was excited about putting down the things that were temporal to take care of the things that were eternal. You see, Romans 1, 16 and 17 deal with a very similar thing as the Apostle Paul gets there. He tells them, what does he tell the Romans? He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. What about us? Do we want to be bold in our faith? Do we want to be bold in our communication? Do we want to be bold in living it out before a watching world? They're watching to see how we respond to the fear that's so prevalent. They're watching the entire time. You see, Jane had a bold witness. Sandy had a bold witness. And the interesting thing about being on the bottom is when you're on the bottom, there's only one way to go. And that's to look up. That's to look up. And he's right there. He's right there in the midst. You see, Roy did the same thing. Roy was an aspiring musician and he was studying music and wanted to really get in ahead in, in the music industry, in the music world. So he was invited to a, a after party, an after party after a concert for a, a very well-known music band, Saginaw, Michigan. He went to this after party there so he could network and he could find out about some other people and meet some people that would help him out in, 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 in his walk in the music industry. And at 3 a.m. that morning, they said, uh, Feeney, we're going to start to worship Satan now. If anybody wants to leave, it's time for you to leave. And Roy, scared to death, he got out of that hotel room where they started this practice. He went downstairs and what did he find? He found a copy of the Word of God in the lobby of that hotel. He said, I didn't know what to do. He said, but I knew I didn't need to be up there. He said, I opened it up and found help in time of need. And I read all the things in help in time of need. And he said, uh, none of them seemed to really fit and they seemed to draw me into it. So he said, I opened up the Word of God and I started reading. And I read that night until I fell asleep. And when I woke up the next morning in the lobby of that hotel, I looked at a room across the way and there were some men with their heads bowed and they were praying. That's a Gideon prayer meeting. We have one here in Dillon where we pray for the congregations and we pray for Pastor Jamie every Sunday morning. And Roy said, I saw these men praying and I walked in and he said, I need some help. They led Roy to the Lord right there in that prayer meeting. All of them stopped what they were doing. They led Roy to the Lord and Roy left a new creature in Christ. But you see, it didn't end for him. Because as he left that prayer meeting that morning, as he left with a different feel in him, a different spirit in him, he got down the road and his car broke down. And the only thing Roy knew to do was say, cry out, help me God, help me God, help me God. And they called the police, the neighborhood called the police on him and, and they came and arrested him for public disturbance. He was put in jail with no friends, nobody there to pay the jail bail. For three days he was in a jail cell, but he was a captive audience to the Word of God because there was another Bible in that jail cell. And for three days he immersed himself in the Word of God. He studied the Bible. He studied the Word what it meant. 
He got out of that jail in three days. He served his time for public disturbance. And his family thought he was crazy. Because all he wanted to do was tell them about Jesus. All he wanted to do was tell them about a Savior. That's all he did, is tell them about Jesus. Look at what he's done for me. Look at what a difference he's made in my life. They committed him to a psychiatric hospital. He didn't know what to do. He said while he was spending the time in that hospital, he said there was a fellow who had gotten into a rage and was, was really getting upset. And He said the only thing I did was I knew what I knew to do was I found another Bible in that psychiatric hospital. I opened it up to Psalms and I started reading the Psalms out loud and everything calmed down. What a day Roy paid as a Gideon. To God be the glory. Why? Because God did a work in his life and he couldn't keep it to himself. What about a plan for us? You see, we have Bible app cards. There's a Gideon app. And oftentimes, you know, people, there are countries around the world where you can't have a Bible. It's illegal to have a Bible, but you can take your telephone. We sent 700 Bible app cards to Clemson University. There are over 2,000 international students at Clemson, and these 700 Bible app cards went around. But we know what happened in Afghanistan and the debacle of Afghanistan. When everybody was leaving, all, all of all things were going on. The people who had a cell phone, who had a copy, and they would, they would check their phone, and if they had a Bible app, that was it for them. It is not one world. It is not one world, y'all. And we've got a responsibility to stand up and to be counted. Stand up and make a difference. Isaiah 58 calls, says a critical thing. In Isaiah 58, I believe it's around verse 12, he talks about being a repairer of the breach, a restorer of paths to dwell in. And that's what God's called us to do today. He's called us as His children to be those repairs of the breach, to be a restorer of paths to dwell in. We live in a world where there is a breach, y'all. We live in a society where there is a breach. What's it going to cost you to do that? It'll cost you friends. It'll cost you family. It'll cost you a job. And it may even cost you some money to do that. To stand up and be counted for. But Jesus is that ultimate repairer of the breach, as I've already shared. Jesus is the one that can heal. He's the one that can grant us our favor. So what, what can you do? How can you help? Number one, we need your prayer support. We need you all to pray for open doors. We had an opportunity just a few weeks ago to go to one of the high schools in a, in a county. And Lord willing, we got to be careful what we say, how much we say. Lord willing, we're going to be going real soon again. But there are a few, few schools in Dillon County we can't get into. Pray with us that God would open those doors to the schools. And that as we place the Word of God with the young people in that school, that even though they may not know where it is, beloved, God gives us a promise in Isaiah 55, 11, that so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, accomplish that which I please, and prosper in the thing whereto I send it. We may send it to one person, but God has it in store for another individual, wherever it may be. Pray with us that God would open those doors to the schools in Dillon County. That He would give us that opportunity to place His Word and that it will make an impact. Another thing Pastor Jamie's already alluded to, you can give 100% of what you give goes for the purchase and placement of the Word of God starting right here in Dillon. Starting right here at home. What about in honor, in memory, or thinking of you? Y'all are very familiar with this program. and I can't remember Pastor Jamie told me, I think 35 funerals this year. 25 funerals this year at First Baptist. Right after I spoke last year, 
David Price went home to be with the Lord. Hundreds of Bibles were given in memory of David. To God be the glory. Hundreds of Bibles have been given in memory of each of these individuals, many of these individuals that had a funeral right here at First Baptist. Y'all are familiar with the program. What would you do? And thirdly, you can join. We got some Gideons and auxiliary member here at First Baptist. Mr. Jimmy and Miss Florinette Renfro. And Mr. Rusty Turner. But beloved, they need some help. They need some men who recognize the call of God upon their lives. And perhaps their wives who are willing to accept that call. And to be a part of a ministry whose main objective is to win others for Him. If God's called you to do that, called you to be a part, see Pastor Jamie, see me, talk to him about it. And see what God has in store for us. And I'm going to close with this. You see, a door's wide open in India. They're placing a million Bibles a month in India with the fingerprints, fingerprints of First Baptist all over them. They had a school distribution and they placed Bibles in this school. And when they exited the school, they carried the boxes under their arms. And somebody, a man followed them and said, Sir, please, 13 Testaments, 13 Testaments, please, sir. They were in a place in India where they could not stop and open up those boxes because had they stopped and opened the boxes, they would have been bombarded and, and run over by the beggars that were there. So many beggars. They continued walking down the street, didn't address the individual at all. He followed them all the way to their vehicle. Sir, please, 13 Testaments, please. They got to the car. They said, get in the car. Welcome, come on, get in the car with us. They got him in the car. They said, what in the world do you need 13 Bibles for? He said, well, I was a student at this school a few years ago and my father died. I had to go home and run the cattle business for my father. I quit school, came here and did that. And he pulled out of his pocket a testament, a little small testament just like this. He said, we have 13 men working on our cattle farm. And he said, this is the only Bible that we have. And when he opened it up, there were the names of those 13 men who had signed it to receive Christ as their Savior. He said, may I please have a Bible for these men who work on our farm. No doubt they gave them a copy of the Word of God. They provided what you provided, First Baptist. Y'all gave so that it could be sent. What are we going to do? May we not be ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ as He calls us to labor until the day breaks and the shadows flee away. Thank you, Kay, for a good challenging message. And so he's already given you the invitation for today. So as we have our time of invitation, I'm going to ask our praise band to come on up. As they're making their way up, I'm going to give you those three, three issues that he did. Maybe today you can come and pray that God will open the door to our schools and our own community so that the gospel can be shared. So maybe that's one thing you can come and do today, is just come kneel at the altar and pray that the schools will be open. And secondly, you can come and bring your offering. We have the baskets up here at the front. You can bring an offering. If you want to bring that now, you can give it later in the week, but, um, but get it to the church this week. You can give online. And then thirdly, if you are a, Christmas, a Christian businessman, maybe uh, you can come and pray and say, God, would you have me be a part of the Gideons? You know, Rusty Turner has been a, a Gideon. Of course, he's not living in Dillon anymore. 
Rusty has been a faithful Gideon over the years. Mr. Jimmy Renfro has been a faithful Gideon over the years. Now, they can't do the things that they used to, but we certainly need representation from our church to be in part, uh, part of this ministry. And so if that fits you, maybe you can come and say, God, would you uh, call me to do that? And maybe you can come during our invitation and ask the Lord whether he wants you to be a part of this ministry. So at this time, I'm going to ask you to stand together. And while you're standing, I'm going to pray for us and ask the Lord to work in our hearts. Father, thank you for the challenging message that you brought through Kay. And I just pray right now as we come to this time of invitation that we will have surrendered hearts and submitted hearts. That we will do what you called us to do. Help us to be faithful in our praying, faithful in our giving. And Lord, for maybe Christian men here that serve in a business that maybe you'd call them to be part of this ministry. That they could be a missionary sharing the gospel and God's word with other people. Not only in our own community, but throughout the world. Would you call someone today? And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you respond as the Lord leads you? To every question.